What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Drunk Boy's Basement, where drunk conversations happen. Okay, so today, uh, I've been actually looking forward to this episode for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I uh, So we have on with us Buck Mulligan, who's the author of uh, Adventures on Drugs. And um, I had no idea what the book was about. I was, like, I was like, okay, this is fucking weird. So let's check what it... Honestly, I haven't read the book, but just reading the synopsis of it, man, I mean, like, I have so many questions, so buckle up, because, (laughs) 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 so, um, I mean, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and, and, and the reasoning behind the book, and, and just all sorts of stuff, like your social security number, you know, where you're from, like, where you live, (laughs) (laughs) wait, wait, I do have one question, do they do, do I you guys that's, have that's socials? True. I was like, that you, you're in Ireland, so you don't. You have a social, or I no, just... no, we have. A, well, I have a, a national insurance number. Okay, so okay. It's, it's, so it's the same sort of idea. <laughs> I already made myself look like an idiot, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I am very curious. So, um, is this this is your first book, right? This is my first book. I'm currently now. I've just started working on my second, but oh, okay. we'll focus on the first one here now. At the okay. moment. All right. So, um, um, what's tell us? Tell us about yourself and, and the reasoning behind your book. So I am, uh, which a tea, I am teetotal. So I went through the majority of my life. I didn't drink. Didn't uh, take any mind-altering substances. But then, for the purposes off this book i thought okay well why don't i well so so i had this idea of like you know, writing about drugs which is always a topic that i was interested in but then somewhere out of the ether came this idea adventures on drugs what if i, I go to some places and i try drugs and i write about the experience so i decided uh, to visit six different countries and take the six drugs that they are uh, most associated with mm. um and then sort of like talk about the science and the politics and the history and and, and just okay. interesting things that I, I noticed when I'm on my way there, right. history and of the country and, and and just sort of like the people that I meet and things like that. And, and, and then there's also this other, this other element of me dealing with the breakup, which is the real trigger that starts the whole thing off. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's the general idea. That's what the book is about. So, okay. um, so what's, what's the, I mean, um, how did you pick the countries? Cause I mean, was it just countries that were related to the drugs you wanted to try or was it just like, how did that, what was that? Mindset? Yeah. Yeah. But basically I, t- I take like the six most popular, you know, the, the, the popular recreational drugs, none of the, none of the scary ones. Don't none, take any like mesh. heroin, crocodile, yeah. none of the, none of the Russian yeah. shit. <laughs> it wasn't putting anything into my eyeball. Um, <laughs> I was so so uh, the most popular drugs. So you can think cannabis, you can uh-huh. think uh, cocaine, think uh, LSD, uh, and so all of these all of these drugs, MDMA. These have uh, places that they are very closely associated with. Okay. Um, so uh, cannabis, very obvious. You can guess. Mm-hmm. Which one? Where do you think? Where, 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 where well, might one be? Well, I was going to, so let's see, for cannabis, <laughs> I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking opioids. And I was, if you're opioids, you're in Iraq, Iran, the Middle East, um, with all the poppy fields. Did you, did you go to the Middle East or no? Okay, no, I did. So this is, this is, <laughs> this is actually interesting, right? So for the alcohol chapter, 
and I started off. My original plan was to go uh, to Iran mm. because Iran um, is the, whole, the fertile, you know, this is where the fertile crescent was. This is the yep. area where uh, agriculture started, and, and, and sort of the idea that the thing that kicked off agriculture mm-hmm. was so, so this, this idea we have, okay, right, so, so is this sort of idea that um, people started to farm? And then there was a, a population explosion, or was it there was a population explosion? So people had to s- start farming. Nobody's quite sure, but either way, it doesn't really make sense because um, why settle down to farm? Because your your idea was was to think, oh well, because farming's easier. Farmers, you know, have more food. They have better food than hunter gatherers. But the reality is that um, so. Um, hunter gatherers lived longer than settled people. Hunter gatherers had better teeth, died of fewer diseases, were freer, had just better lives. So, so why did people settle down to farm? And so, there's one idea is that uh, all the original crops that were grown were actually grown not to be yet, but for alcohol. Mm. And you go. All right, so people just carried on hunting and yeah, hunting and gathering, but they started growing these crops just so these were you know good to you know to ferment and turn into mm-hmm. beer, essentially. Mm-hmm. So then, if if you're growing your crop, then you need property rights. So you need you know you need to like oh well this this is my ground because I'm growing my crops right. on here, and if you want to guard that, when you need to start putting up walls, and you know, you suddenly find yourself in like a, a surplus where you're um, making more food than you need. Mm-hmm. So then you can employ soldiers to look after it, have farmers, slaves. Um, you have the start of cities, basically. So right. because people wanted to get drunk, you, you accidentally find yourself in civilization. civilization. <laughs> you know, it's... That's that's funny. I didn't think about and, that. Yeah, and so it all it all sort of like starts off in in, in, in that area of Iran. And I thought, oh, it's, it's actually good. You know, I'll, I'll go to Iran. It's it's um, alcohol uh, is prohibited there. So, um, but you can still, as with all drugs everywhere, you can still you can still easily it, yeah. yeah yeah. So w- apparently, what you do in Iran is you're in a restaurant and you ask uh, the rest the waiter would come over to you and say, "Would you like some uh, pizza?" And you go, yes, I would like some pizza. And he brings you out some moonshine, basically. So it's just some really, really hardcore window yeah, like cleaner real, alcohol. Like just, just, yeah. yeah. Make how, you go blind. You, so how would you, I mean, you kind of, I, I, I mean, I, you'd almost have to get into like the local culture to know. I mean, how did you, how did you find out about that? Because that's kind of a buzzword that um so there's a book which really inspired this which is called um the dark tourist and it's by a, a oh, british comedian that book, actually yeah yeah it's a fantastic yeah. book dom's a dick but um it's a fantastic book <laughs> and so he goes skiing in iran so he goes to six uh, six different dark tourist destinations oh, and okay. skiing in iran and he talks about it but I also have a couple of friends who've been to Iran and um, they're telling the same sort of idea that, you know, you can get alcohol. You just need to, you know, look for the wee signs and the winks and the nudges and, you know, just, yeah. just be, be subtle about it. 
but um, I ended up not because in the process of like booking that trip while I was waiting to get a visa through um, my cousin uh, says he's getting married and his stag do his bachelor party is going to be at Oktoberfest oh, okay. in Germany so it's like all right no, no, that this was is the, the, the whole yeah I mean that's yeah. perfect <laughs> you know, you, this is where the universe wants me. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with the universe. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I ended up going there instead, out to Munich. Uh, stayed at a, a fairly dank-looking uh, camp, and uh, <laughs> it was about a, a 45-minute trip from oh. the beer festival, which was a fucking torture. But, um, <laughs> So you you had mentioned, and I've read also. So you were you were one hundred and ten percent sober before you did all yeah. this stuff. So what? Um, I mean, it kind of sounds like I'm going to sound like a dick saying this, but what what was the reasoning behind that? Like, why why stay sober? What was the? So there was a movement in Ireland, in okay. the, well, it was quite actually popular, maybe not across Europe, but in in England. Mm-hmm. in ireland it was a uh, teetotaler movements okay. so uh, uh just different groups would be like totally opposed to alcohol and and uh would take pledges not to drink and it was okay. the your, your prohibition movement was born out right. of that and mm-hmm. uh, but there was one movement which got very popular in ireland it was about uh 300 members uh, at its highest point which is called the pioneers Mm-hmm. which um just you took a pledge they came to say you weren't going to drink and uh, my grandfather was one uh, my father was one and then i took it on as well okay. so i went through the vast majority of my well, nearly all of my 20s without um, okay. without okay. taking anything so it, was, think, so it was just kind of a just a household thing that you kind of grew up with and it was just you know normal to yeah. you and um what was the reasoning behind because i mean prohibition really start in the u.s started a lot of underground distilleries Mm -hmm. and speakeasies and it it gave rise to a new generation of drinkers which is funny because the u.s government was outlawing alcohol but um what was the reasoning behind the pioneers i mean to give me a brief you know synopsis of that like what was the what was the reasoning behind that because i find that very interesting i've never heard of that before there is um there's actually a, a quote and i can't remember who said it but it was um they were talking about there was a, a story that went around and there was a teacher in chicago says to one of his students uh, tell me everything you know about the irish and the ch- child replies well they wear green and they live on whiskey <laughs> um, yeah so what you have is like there is a, like a, a, a as you might have heard it, but the Irish people like to drink. Uh, you, might have, you might have heard the rumors, but um, Ireland has <laughs> uh, from a few people. <laughs> you've heard something, <laughs> some some forum somewhere somebody mentioned it once, maybe. Um, yeah, no, Ireland has been traditionally fairly poor and has had a, a problem with alcohol. I mean, like. Uh, when this movement was started it was like late 1800s it was right 40 years after the potato famine so mm-hmm. um you're talking you know 
slum still around. You know, still a lot of decay, still a lot of issues, still a lot of social problems. The the majority of the people are not the majority, but an enormous amount of the young people are yeah. just leaving the country. It's it's very very poor, and alcohol on top of that was yeah. likely making things worse. And right. so Father Colin, who's the, the priest who started the movement, uh, wanted to address it away. But, but also we have, in the start of the 1900s, is, is the rise of Irish nationalism and this, the yeah. start of like, those nationalist movements. And mm-hmm. it sort of got tied into that. So we have um, a lot of like Irish Republican heroes, uh, would have been associated with the movement or, you know, there's there, like there's a, a lad who was the last Irish Republican to be executed was a, a lad, Kevin Barry. Now, Kevin Barry is, often was associated with the pioneers. Now, from what I understand, um, he was not. <laughs> um, but I think when he, the day he was executed, he was, um, I think it was a couple of bottles of gin he'd asked for as his, as his last meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people like Pierce and O'Connell and, and these people were, if not pioneers, teetotal. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a, it was a common thought that, and it, it, that alcohol was used as a way to um, keep the Irish down. So, you know, yeah. so, so it was a, a thing which things were said to do in Africa was to yeah. get the natives drunk. Yep. Uh, and, you know, and that was a way of, you know, keeping them down. Keeping them in place, and I just thought that, that this is one of these ways in which the Irish are sort of kept in their place and kept in their spot, just keep them docile and drunk, right? And I was saying this, you know, if now if we can get people to reject this and to you know take control of themselves, mm-hmm. that's you know they'd be more likely to resist, right? To you know become more nationalist. But um, so that it was it was largely born born out of that there, and just dealing with alcoholism and a mixture of like nationalism as well. Okay, so so two follow up questions to that. Then um, I've got many questions. I'm sorry, no, it's late. <laughs> but, late where you are. But no, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm woke up now. I'm I'm awake now. <laughs> <laughs> so with 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 the alcoholism that's um, well, I guess three questions. One is alcoholism still a, a pretty severe problem in ireland no i think it'd be no different than this is sort of this is sort of an issue here as well where it's not quite clear whether ireland was actually any drunker irish or actually any drunker than any european because the way things are measured and the way people drink and so it's it's very common when I was right. living in England, it's very common for the English to yeah. have drink during the week. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. out for lunch and drink stuff like that. There were right. in Ireland that really isn't a thing. You just drink a whole pile at the weekend. Um, so, so, so people drink very differently. And it's, it's the same traditionally. You know, people just talk a lot at the weekend. And so it, it's it, when you look at these numbers, um, and so something like this, the fin, you'll find the Finns drink the most alcohol, but the Finns, for whatever reason, are um, really resistant to alcohol. So they'll really? drink and they'll drink and they'll drink and they'll just sit there very quietly until they're okay. drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it, it's difficult to say like in the world stage but i'm sure that there is still plenty of people who still have issues with substance abuse i'm sure but right how bad it is in comparison to anywhere else i'm, I'm not totally sure fair enough so with that being said did you find that since I mean, there was kind of, there was a stigma that I'm sure you grew up with about, you know, the Irish drinking and, and St. Patrick's Day and just all the nonsense that's associated it's not, with it's the not Irish culture. stigma. People, people fucking love that shit here. <laughs> people I mean, fucking love it. It's, 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 that's, it's weird because Americans seem to just get off on that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, no, it's, you know, it's, it's there's, there's, there's a joke um, that as soon as an Irish person gets off the plane to America, they become 25% more Irish. You fucking start to milk it, you really, really um, because everybody loves it and everybody wants to sit and talk to you. And everybody yeah. hears the accent, or oh, you from oh, I'm Irish, uh, oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my I love St. Patrick's Day, you fucking dick. Like, come on, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's so. With with that being said, I mean, did you was there any more influence because you you were sober based upon generational movements and generational. Um, ideals did you find it difficult to to not partake in any of that kind of stuff uh growing no, I'm, up i'm a i'm a complete fucking autist so <laughs> i'm like um i you know so it's like social pressure doesn't work on me okay. sort of outsider sort of awkward i'm not i'm not a normal normal rules do not apply for me normally so no i, I never really cared and what I've, I've often found was that um it's, it's probably beneficial for me having like an, an addictive personality as is so it's probably best that i did actually stay away from it mm-hmm. but then it, while everyone else nights out what i found when everybody else was sitting drinking yeah i would get bored very quickly and i would start talking to women and so <laughs> yeah yeah so it was you know i it, which, which which helped with my game Right, you know, yeah, right, I'm too always, drunk to talk always. to women. You're the sober one. You can make it work. That's that's an excellent game plan, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you have to make <laughs> it work. Just, but um, no, so not it was never really a fact that look, um, I'll probably never drink again. I'm not that fussed on it. I don't particularly like the, uh, I I, I drank a few more times after afterwards. It was messy, fairly typical drunkness, and it was like, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, which is, I don't need this. Which is fair. Um, so, I mean, alcohol is a whole. I mean, that's that's a whole can of worms that I mean, we could talk for hours about. Um, but with with substances other than alcohol in Ireland, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a whole there's a whole conversation there too. But are there any, is there any one substance in Ireland that's more prevalent than another besides alcohol? Is it cannabis, MDMA, LSD? I mean, like, do you... it's, it's probably, I mean, like cannabis has just become so prevalent yeah. everywhere. I, I mean, a thing that just was not a thing when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I know, sorry. It, 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 maybe a few years before when I was, when I, uh, when I was maybe 16, 17, you started seeing people smoking weed. Yeah. Like, and that was like, all right, this is new. Yeah. Like this was, it was, and now it's become just so prevalent and you know, you're constantly smelling it and constantly right. seeing it. So it, it, it's, you know, it's just all these, you know, the new trade lines have been opened up and, you know, people can buy all the equipment to grow 
stuff in houses. I mean, like a, a small abandoned house um, a couple of miles from me. I was uh, turned into like a Chinese grow house where there was like a Chinese person locked in it. I mean, this is, this is Irish countryside. Yeah. And there was a, a Chinese man locked inside a house where he was growing weed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's it, it's sort of a portion way. I mean, like I make the argument throughout the book about legalization and regulation. Like this stuff's here; it's readily what, available. What are the like? What is the penalty for that in your country? I don't you don't know. <laughs> That's fair. That's <laughs> it. Some, it's some it's, slap it's, on the wrist somewhere. It, you know, like it's basically yeah. nothing. Like that's it's that's what it seems like everywhere outside the United States. I mean, uh-huh. depending upon and. I mean, the United States, like I said earlier, it's it's a whole can of worms that um, I don't want to get into because it's just nonsensical. But um, regardless of that, so um, just just for for those of us that um, don't know how to read, what are the what are the six countries you went to? So um, uh, I'll let you guess. So you never tried to guess. So if, if okay, okay, all right, all right. So okay, for we started, we started with cannabis. cannabis um, yeah, for. I mean, I feel like Amsterdam's a catch-all for everything, but I <laughs> buying, uh, buying well, Amsterdam for cannabis. Uh, okay, uh, that is the second country that I visited. Um, so cannabis, quite interestingly, I don't think I've mentioned this, but cannabis is not legal in Amsterdam, but which is hilarious. Really? Which is uh, hilarious because Amsterdam yeah. is synonymous with everything else. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's been decriminalized. So basically, so as a way to date, so it was a massive dock with a, a massive homelessness issue, hmm. a lot of massive drug problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sexy sort they done as a way to try to address that drug problem was they decriminalized cannabis. So hopefully people would <coughs> smoke that instead. So, you know, they go somewhere, buy it, place pays tax, you know, it, and, and, from what it looks like it worked and then also had that knock-on effect of becoming like this massive tourist draw but um yeah so it, it was the first but i i, I okay which i've talked about in the book before i went out i actually had smoked weed uh before the book so what i decided for the liar liar yeah um <laughs> but i mentioned it in the book so it's okay but um i have i have my first edible instead in so, was that, so, so did you smoke first or did you eat an edible first? I smoked first. Okay. Um, but it wasn't in Amsterdam. It was uh, on my sort of, so I had a breakup, mm-hmm. traveled, uh, went to Australia, traveled to uh, Asia and the Middle East on my way home. And so I'd smoked some weed on my, on my way back uh, through there. But um, for the purpose of the book, I thought, well, I could have an edible. And I had my edible in Amsterdam. And that's what you wrote um, about. Yeah. And so, so it's, again, I attempted to have it now. Well, again, as you can see, sort of see in the book is, is there's a lot of like attempting to do something and doing something else. Yeah. So I, I'm with a, a new girlfriend and we're in Rotterdam. We go on a walking tour. We've been rained on all day. And I walk past a, a coffee shop <laughs> and um, I look in. And there's the coffee shops for the most part just kind of bleak looking. Mm-hmm. But I walk in and there's a some wee like fair, I don't know, fairy cakes. I don't know what you call them in America, but they're like wee buns, like wee 
muffins maybe i don't know what you what you'd refer to them but they're, well, they're little... i mean they're they're basically edibles is what it sounds yeah, like. edibles but it's, it's a little cake basically okay it's edible yeah. i i pick up and they're selling them for five euro a pop and i i go to the guy um five, five euro a pop. i feel like that's way way cheap in the u.s yeah but, but, i'm not totally sure five five euro mine would be like eight dollars maybe let's let's see here so i'm just curious because so it's uh, no i mean the euros the euro's right in line with the us dollar right now so that's about oh, 5.9 dollars yeah by almost six dollars um oh so there's 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 can you see that see that picture okay so yeah, yeah so yeah. it's 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 an edible muffin. it's yeah it's a muffin it's it's an edible okay all right yeah <laughs> i'm tracking with you so I, I i buy i go in and the guy's reading his newspaper and I, you know, I pick up two of two of these things and I set them down. And he goes, I go, is there how how much is in this? Um, and you know, it's an absolute fucking amateur. And he just looks up. <laughs> yeah. his, he, he, looks, he looks up at from his newspaper at me and he goes, Enough. And he mm. looks back at his newspaper again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay then. <laughs> um, so I don't know whether he meant there's enough cannabis in it or there's you know it's enough talk from you so i just <laughs> paid my money and i left but me i i'm i've got like really really low impulse control mm-hmm. and so as i was walking back to our hostel i decided mm-hmm. fuck it i'm just gonna eat this thing now Ooh. so i'm in rotterdam rather than amsterdam it's in the netherlands same country you know our <laughs> yeah, train sure. trip away <laughs> and so i i have this bun and um and ate the full thing, which again, fucking amateur move. <laughs> Maybe not the um, best idea. Yeah, no, this is this is just a one bite sort of thing. Anyway, so I, I I'm pretty sure the whole thing didn't work, and I'm it's an Irish past, and nothing's happened. And I'm pretty confident yeah. this guy's fucking conned me. I've been scammed. <laughs> so I get like really irrationally angry about uh, this guy conning me. Yeah, you know, I'm getting really annoyed, you know, because he's he's uh, yeah, taking yeah. it. Absolutely. And you know, I'm sitting talking to the girl I was with, and my fingers start to tingle. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I start looking at my hands and shaking my fingers about, and noticing, you know, I can see that, you know, the, the fingers seem to be moving in slow motion. I want, you know, I think, I think this might actually be working. Anyway, <laughs> half an hour later, I'm in the fucking corner of the room, <laughs> just shaking back and forward. You know, in the corner there for fear that someone might sneak up on me. <laughs> uh, you know, plotting to get my revenge on this bastard, <laughs> put something into my fucking into these cakes. But no, it, it's it, it's it was a fairly intense experience. I had smoked a joint, and I thought, all right, well, I know what this is about, and you obviously don't know what that's about because the uh, the. Well, that's the active ingredient in cannabis. It's a uh, THC. THC. The mm-hmm. THC is gets mm-hmm. processed differently when you eat it than right. when you smoke it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I assume you to your are no stranger. We're upstanding your... citizens that work corporate jobs. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's. It's like you said earlier, it's so prevalent now. I mean, uh-huh. even when I was a kid, I'm, I'm only 24 years old, but even when I was very young, I noticed that it started showing up more and more. Um, and, it was, it, and, and like any drug, it, it was very taboo. But yeah, 
as I got older, it seemed to be a lot more prevalent and just, it was, it just, to me, turned into one of those things. It's just like, that's just something that some people like to indulge in. That's what some people like to do. And, um, for a long time, I was very against it because I didn't understand it. I didn't, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like it. I didn't know what it was. It really came down to the fact that I just didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. And, um, it was new and different and and I don't like new and different things. (laughs) That's just who I am, but I'd be the same. it's one of those things to where it's just, it just shows up. I mean, um, obviously you're probably familiar with California and the stigma of everyone in California smokes weed and eats avocados. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I lived out in California for a couple of years and it's just, that's just the culture, you know, and it's just, it's something that a lot of people do. And, and I have no problem with that. And, um, for whatever reason, we've made it into a stigma of, of criminalization and all sorts of other bullshit. And it's, um, especially coming from the law enforcement sector, it's just, there's a whole conversation that can be had about it, but it's just weird. Um, it's, it's not something that I think should be criminalized. It's not something that I don't, I think that people are turning into harmful individuals off of. I think it's ridiculous because they're too couch locked to do anything violent. So <laughs> it was, um, it was after Colorado, Colorado had uh, legalized cannabis and, um, there's just sort of like a, a layout of you know the the crime statistics uh, the months afterwards yeah. and they made a ton uh, of money off of it too oh yeah yeah that was a hundred million dollars Colorado made a ton of money tax. off of it yeah yeah no it was no it's, it's the right thing to do and the cartels in Mexico mm-hmm. were, were hurt by hurt by it as well um the the but the crime statistics so something like robbery dropped by half a percent so what it could be noise violent crime dropped by two percent maybe but it could be noise but um serious car accidents dropped by like 40 percent yeah and so that was people instead of having alcohol taking a joint instead so relaxing and not yeah if any if any car accident is going to happen it's in the drive-thru mcdonald's (laughs) 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 it's um you know uh uh, a friend is telling me a story where he'd, he'd never had a joint before and he, he, he took it at his friend's house and maybe he had to drive home anyway and he was uh just driving down the road and uh he was driving way way too fast and um police lights come on behind him and the police pull him in and police lock in at him and he goes um he was because he thought, he thought he was flying. Turns out he was parked up at the side of the road, hadn't been moved. He was just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and they wanted to know why he was sitting there. And they, they went, Oh, he, just, he says, Oh, it's a bit tired. Let's sleep in here for a bit. No, no, fair enough. Then and left him. But he'd been parked up, he'd never drove the car anywhere. And so he'd been like, So, so, um, uh, so it's. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, like, if, if it's, it's, it's probably objectively less, um, less bad than alcohol. So, so you have that there going for it. But again, with all these things as well, and and, and I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm, and I make sure I make the point off uh, through the book as well that I'm, I'm not like some, you know, oh, it should all be legal and everything everything's okay happy i do think it should be legalized and regulated everything but Mm -hmm. um with the caveat that 
these things do pose a level of threat. They, they aren't. I 100% yeah. agree. Especially with young people and developing brains. Yep. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be taking cannabis. The idea that you'll have people regularly say, oh, it's not addictive. Yeah, shut the fuck up. It's addictive. <laughs> and you know people who yeah. are addicted to it. You know yeah. people who are, you know, who, who, who will tell you themselves they're not addicted to it, but uh, will automatically turn into a fucking fiend. Uh, and function it, without it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have a few friends like that. And so it's it's and that reality needs to be around it. Now I think if it's legalized, if you're sticking that on the packaging, if people are getting properly educated about it, because the reality is, cigarette smoking has um, declined since you know warnings have went on packaging and people have become yeah. more educated to lung cancer and stuff. There's people who genuinely believe that smoking cannabis can actually prevent cancer. It's like which is an insane statement. You're inhaling yeah, that's, burning that's, plant that's matter kind into of your lungs. With you there. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, 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 I, so there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of like silliness around it. But, I, um, I just have always been one for the fact that um, you can say what you want about, you know, smoking any, I, your, your body is not built to, to take on inhalants. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's not, and that's that's a whole nother conversation obviously but um your lungs are not built to inhale smoke of Mm -hmm. of any of any kind and so Mm -hmm. you know that's why there is a school of thought that edibles are much better because they metabolize easier and they're just better for you because you're not inhaling anything um there's a school of thought that says well smoking gets in your bloodstream faster and it's it's better because it's you know xyz It, it doesn't matter but that's always the thing that I've been kind of skeptical about is, I mean, regardless of you smoke or if you don't smoke or if you eat edibles or if you don't eat edibles, your body or your lungs, the cilia, the little fibers in your lungs are not built to handle inhalants like oh, that. No. It's just simply the fact. Yeah. Man, I, so, and then it's just, it's, you know, all, all these things are I mean, less, less so with cannabis, but um affecting your the reward system right in your right, brain. right absolutely so um if you are hijacking that regular regularly um well then it's not going to function it's there yeah. to reward you when you achieve something when you do something properly and if you're hijacking that on a regular basis by doing something easy well then you're gonna you know but you know you can say the exact same thing about porn or junk food yeah, it's, it's um, activating a reward system that gets stimulated off that, and then it doesn't know how to stimulate itself when it's alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so these things are <clears throat> again. So I sort of like the, um, I make up. So, so I, I like I started the book with the hypothesis that um uh, that I would take the drugs and go okay, well, drugs are bad, but the war on drugs are worse, and they're not worth the risk, but. Um, we're funding cartels, we're funding paramilitaries, we're funding, so you should legalize and regulate for that reason. But by the end of the book, I should have come to this conclusion that maybe drugs can be okay sometimes. You know, it, it's that um, these things can be enjoyable and obviously are enjoyable, people do them. But there needs to be, but it comes with a whole ton of caveats that need to be old enough and you do it sensibly and you need to have realistic expectations. Um, 
COVID. Can <laughs> break. I'm not used to talking this much. Um, but um, yeah. So uh, where if you come to something like um mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, so for mushrooms, you'll not guess where I went for this now. Um, but uh, you're aware of winter solstice. Yeah. Shortest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you're aware of Stonehenge. Yes. So uh, winter solstice Stonehenge, there is uh, groups of neo-pagans and pagan reconstructionists who go there and have a, a small ceremony uh-huh. um, you know, to, to, to welcome in the new year. Right. Uh, and so I went there uh, and done magic mushrooms the night before solstice with some hippies and then went and celebrated solstice with, at Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Apologies. Um, and so and that was an, an incredibly intense, really fantastic, interesting experience. One of my favorite experiences. I was going to ask you uh, what what was your favorite experience, and so what what was what was the your favorite part about it? Okay, this is um okay, what so I was sitting down. I read if you're gonna if you, if you do get the book, read that chapter anyway because it's 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 one it's one of my favorite and there's all these little connections that happened that got me because I I at the start I was thinking oh I fucked up because I when I arrived out in Salisbury where them mm-hmm. where the um, the stones are I was chatting to right. people and I says oh, we're gonna get some mushrooms and they says oh mate you're too late mushroom season's over you're not gonna get them. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> research says because much after the first frost, you won't get mushrooms, right? Um, and these like I'm, like like pick from the like yeah, most or, like pick from the ground. These are a liberty. They're called liberty cap mushrooms, and oh, they grow wow. all around the area. Wow. Um, and there was, uh, and so I I go to Stonehenge and uh, as a tourist during the day, and I talk to the receptionist, and the receptionist say, oh, there really isn't any thing there really isn't a ceremony or festival on for winter solstice and i think so i think i've really completely fucked the whole thing up right. i think i've i've but um as i learn that there was a festival but it's not a festival it's a very small ceremony and it's very low-key and they don't really talk about it so the mm-hmm. receptionist didn't tell talk about it yeah yeah um and i got extremely lucky that's um because southern england's a bit warmer so their mushroom season went on a little bit longer and I met a guy. And so I, I, I'm sitting down by the campfire and asked, has anybody got any mushrooms? And there's this one guy and he is uh, couped over himself. He is drooling. He is semi-conscious. He's the one guy uh, you want all the drugs from. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, just, <laughs> he fires a plastic bag at me and I open up okay. the plastic bag and he is... You know, like he doesn't say anything, doesn't look off, doesn't do anything. He just yeah, yeah. fires his plastic bag at me, and I open it up, and there's the, a handful of mushrooms lying at the bottom of it. These really slimy, dirty mushrooms. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> I, I end up taking these. But before I take the mic, so I've met a guy, uh, Gregory, who was a, a former drug addict, and I asked him, I says, I says, should I take these? Well, I said, would you take these? And he goes, yeah, I'd tuck them. 
<laughs> and I says, well, should I take them? And he says, well, what's, is it okay in there? And he, and he points at my forehead. Oh, and he says, yeah. Is it okay that. in there? And I went, yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> and he goes, because they can't do anything. They can't put any new information into your head. They can only work with what's inside your what's head. What's already there. Right. And I went, okay, then fuck it. We'll go for this now. Let's Show go. these things into my mouth and chew and swallow. Tastes like you're eating dirt. I've heard that I've heard that no there's there's no positive palate experience with magic mushrooms. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, <Genuinely laughs> I've heard just, that. I I don't exactly. like regular mushrooms. I neither do I. <laughs> um so I'm sitting there and nothing's really happening and I don't know if I've had enough or or whatever but I'm sitting in front Did he of not the tell fire. you how many to take because I've heard that well I actually I don't know it's can you take diff- many? The issue is it's difficult to gauge. Okay. And so I just took whatever um, was in the bag. What was, there, what was in the bag? Yeah, <laughs> it's difficult to get. So you just I just took okay. Well, I'm just gonna take everything here. Yeah. Um. So I took them, and the fire started to crack the way fires do. And I thought, <clears throat> so what? What the sound? What fire cracking is? That's that piece of wood turning into sound. That's literally that piece of wood turning into light. It's turning into heat, it's turning into sound, oh. and I'm turning into ash. That is it transforming oh. into different types of energy. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, uh, that's, that's what it is. But at that moment, under that influence, that became incredibly profound. It's like, holy fuck, I am hearing <laughs> that wood right now. That is the sound of that wood. You know, and it's and then it's, the it's, different it's, energy forces, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and this is this is vibrating air molecules are making their way to my ear in contact with my eardrum and that's going into my brain and then my brain is turning that into something that i'd recognize right and that became just like and i mean like it's uh yeah normally a fairly mundane thought yeah but at that moment it's like and, and this is sort of thing is that a mundane thought or is that genuinely profound is that something amazing but because we get so used to these small things that we don't um appreciate just how amazing all these sorts of things are Absolutely. and as i'm sitting there i look at all the little it's this realization came to me it's like i'm sitting here at this fire and for millennia people have sat here at fires on this day by these stones and i don't know who they were or what they were about and there's a possibility maybe some of my ancestors Maybe some of my bloodline have actually sat here before. And that and that connection to the ancestors, that connection to everything around me, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. And then I think of all the little connections and all the people that I had to meet and the the hostels that I stayed in and the room that I stayed in and had I all these wee things not happened. Had I not been sitting at this fireplace in front of that druggie, I would not have got those mushrooms. All these small connections that had to come together to get me sitting here right now what are even what is even the chances because i talk about about I go into a bit, a bit into about the connectivity of the universe and and is there i mean there is there purpose and you start to feel that maybe i am meant to be here because of all the things that had to happen to get me to this point to be sitting here wow and and wow. And, and it's like I, and again, right, I've taken some drugs by some campfire. So maybe this is just um, a person on some mind-altering substance finding the profound and just the mundane. 
maybe that is the case or maybe I was saying the word for how the word actually was really appreciating just how amazing all these things are. Um, and then, okay, so I, I, the, the, a couple of days previous, I, I went to Stonehenge as a tourist mm-hmm. and I, I walked up the, the plastic pathway up past the string um, to the stones and I seen them and it was, yeah, I've seen this before, I've seen this on television, I've seen it in postco- postcards. Yeah. I've ticked that box. There's some Japanese girls with a selfie stick. Yeah, that's side, mate. where you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah. And I walked and I went through the, the gift shop and I bought my girlfriend at the time a, a snow globe. And, you know, I, I left, you know, again, it's, it's, it's you've, you've had that experience, you know, you, you go to some country and you go to see that, that thing that you have to see when you're there yep. and you see it and you're like, yeah, well, I've seen cool. it now. All right, next. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. So, but that's morning. So I, I slept. So I had taken the mushrooms. I slept in, in a cold English field beside a campfire all night mm-hmm. and I was still wet and, um, but I was woke to the sound of drums and I walk and everyone's in their full gear and their hoods and their horns. And oh, wow, uh, yeah. And there's one guy dressed like this cloth Christmas tree and he's playing uh, an organ. And it's uh, it was all this music and up. all this sound, and there's chanting and screaming. And I am like immediately just pumping, I want to get in here. And yeah. the gates are closed, and they're gonna let you in at 6 a.m. And then the gates open and everybody goes in and there's people who are sprinting because they want the best place inside these stones. And there's people just walking and I just walk along to the two girls that I'm with. And. Oh. Again, it's more this thing because this is the way people would have walked up. This is how they would have seen them. And the sun's just starting to come up. So you can just sort of see the outline of the stones and you walk up and I put my hand onto the cold stones. And these things are fucking huge now i've been standing behind a string beforehand so you don't appreciate it but once you're standing beside these things you're like holy fuck like you can you can appreciate why people thought there was magic or aliens or something involved in these things because they are enormous yeah i've been there and so i was actually i'm there talking that was one of the places we went was it yeah Uh, Yeah. uh, what, what was your experience with it what was the you know, one of the things that I remember, I was very young, like I was telling you earlier, but one yeah. of the things is just how surreal it was. Because to your point, I mean, they're massive. They're, the TVs, the movies, yeah. all the shit you see on media does not do them justice. They are huge. It is an anomaly. Yeah. And I fully believe there's some shit that went on that we don't understand. Right? <laughs> because it's it's the truth. And, and everything that you've been saying is incredible because you realize that how many people have had that experience? Probably not very many. You were very, very lucky and fortunate, regardless of the drugs or whatever bullshit was going on. I mean, you, that was, that, that, that adds to the experience. I mean, you're going to be able to tell the story for the rest of your life. And that's phenomenal. I think that's so cool because it's, it's, it's amazing to listen to describe it and tell it because it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It really is. 
it's it's i know i i do look i'm i'm, I'm incredibly proud of this book and regardless of whatever else happens or whatever else i do i have that those and i have those stories and i have those meetings and i have those interactions lsd was, was something similar um really which i'll not get into you have to read but the reality was not extremely <laughs> i i like it he's a, he's, a, he's a salesman right there he's like i'm not going to tell you everything because you gotta read it. <laughs> i love it <laughs> but it, it it, 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 it was one of these experiences where I'm like, I'm not even particularly comfortable talking about it. I, I, it. Like writing it was like difficult for me to even talk about. It was an, a very extreme experience. And, you know, talking about like that con- connectivity within the universe where I was like the person who I, the girl who I'd done the LSD with, it was like, oh, or fuck, I'm meant to be here with you right now. You're meant to be here with me. We, this is, we're meant to be here right now. And um, I just kept screaming was, it's all connected. You don't understand. <laughs> Why can't you see it? It's all clearly fucking connected. Um, she, she, she's like, you know, and she, and she didn't get it at that point. But then I explained her way it was all connected. But it was um, a, a, another fantastic experience. The psychedelics were the most interesting. I, I, I think. No, if, for like fun, it's, it's MDMA. It's just, all right, right I'm mm-hmm. stupidly happy here, right? Now. This is what <laughs> Kevin must feel like. You know, this is, oh, this water is the best tasting water. Yes. Oh, this water tastes so good. You know, this, oh, this, this fucking Calvin Harris song is the best <laughs> song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, you know, it, it's that. But whereas with the, the psychedelics, they're very introspective, you know, which maybe I, I prefer, but with alcohol and weed, it's it is a a slow enough the wet where it makes you um kind of ease into slightly, it slightly, yeah, slightly you know just slightly duller and slightly off edge and stuff like that, or or, or I'm less fast on, or or if I'm taking mushrooms, it's it's yeah. um, a very deliberate thing, and I'm going to spend the day by myself walking around somewhere. So so let me, let me ask you this: How um so I've done. Like I said, I come from law enforcement background. I was um, an EMT at a club for a couple of years in California. And where I'm going with this is with the psychedelics, specifically MDMA, LSD. Um, how did you know that you were getting a pill or whatever it was that you ingested that was actually like, it wasn't, no one fucked with it because one mm-hmm. of the problems we had quite rampantly at the yeah. club that I worked at was people were buying drugs that were fake. They were yeah. cut with something. They were cut with, um, you know, uh, fentanyl. What's the fent- yep. The horse tranquilizer fentanyl. No, no, ketamine's the, the horse ket- tranquilizer. Ketamine, ketamine. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, um, it was horrible. The reactions yeah. that some of these people had was awful to see. And, you know, one of the things, one of the, the problems that I've had with psychedelics, which, necessarily i don't have a problem with anything i really don't the problem i do have is when people get taken advantage of and they're buying mm-hmm. um a pill or whatever it is for you know a dollar 25 but it's cut with drain cleaner and all sorts of other bullshit yeah. that actually could kill them and that's the thing that's always scared me is um if i have kids and they want to go do something that's ridiculous they don't want to tell me about which is fine Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I need to make sure that whatever they're, whatever they're getting, they're buying or they're ingesting isn't some bullshit that somebody cut corners with. It's going to kill my, my kid. And it's kind of a weird analogy to think of, but it's the truth because I mean, 
Sean, you could say the same thing if you had kids. I mean, you don't, you can't control what they do every hour of every day, but at the end of it, you just want them to be safe. And that's kind of the thing that I've run into. Well, that is the main thing that I've run into with that kind of stuff. So how did you ensure that you were getting, I wouldn't say quality stuff, but enough to where you weren't going to have, you weren't, your body wasn't going to overheat and collapse. Well, um, first of all, I'm a total lightweight, so I took small amounts Same. of everything anyway. Cheap date. That's, uh, that's the best, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with Columbia, I was in, I was in Columbia taking cocaine. So it's like, you, yeah, I mean, I'm, I admire I'm getting, you. I'm all getting you go to, do you go to Bogota? <laughs> yeah, I went to, I went to Bogota, Medellin, yeah. and, uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember the names of all the places. I was, I was around about it. I really loved it. This is the first chapter. So I, I originally, when I was naming the chapters, it called it cocaine, the gateway drug. Um, it's kind of a, I think it's a couple, couple weeks above what most people consider <laughs> gateway drug. <laughs> um, so, um, I, I went there, but it's so out there. But the one thing I did test was um, the MDMA because I bought a tester kit. Ah, um, okay. good for you. But it's but everything else was just sort of, I took a small amount and I just sort of trust it. But the, the issue is now you can see this with the United States because fentanyl's so cheap coming in from China. Yeah, it's that yeah. your MDMA is fentanyl, your weed's yeah. got fentanyl on it, LSD. Oh, yeah. well, it's fentanyl. Heroin, fentanyl, and fentanyl yep. out there, yep. notoriously uh, causes overdoses. Yep. And people don't, and, and, and so it's it's in a whole pile of stuff that people don't even realize it's there. So um, that's going to cause and is causing serious, serious issues. Um, so it's, it's legalization just makes a practical, more practical sense because you have. Um, uh, I think people don't really appreciate just how much control cartels have um, power in uh, South America, and then that is potentially going to start spilling up. And where's it? This is, and they're making money from it. Like I think like the cocaine business in Colombia is like worth half a percent of the overall economy. But that half a percent, they're they're paying no tax on their pain and not paying employees well you know it's just pure profit so this here can be invested into so uh columbia the fark uh in 2001 just before september 11th had the ira uh, yeah. over training their um, men how to make bombs yeah um because and they paid i think it was four million uh four million dollars to get this to get these men flew over to get this training yep. they have an, an enormous amount of money and so it's oh if you legalize that if you regulated it oh well then you've suddenly just taken out an enormous amount of their business this is what happened where they they had to start focusing on when um colorado legalized cannabis so when suddenly if you want to smuggle weed well you smuggled it out of colorado you didn't smuggle it out of freaking mexico it was mm-hmm. just so much easier. So um, the Mexican cartels took uh, a hit. So, but what did they do? Well, they had to start focusing on heroin instead. And so, oh, fuck, right? So you have like this knock-on effect where that's going to cause more issues with it because now America's now have to deal with more cheap heroin and, yeah. and the issues which that's going to cause. So what you really need to do is then legalize and regulate that. Um how do you, how do you propose that? You go to you go to Congress. I feel bad for interrupting yeah. you. You go to Congress and you say, 
have an idea. Now stick with me. Legalized heroin. And they go, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it, it, this, this would all take, I mean, like I don't expect to see a lot of this, but. Well, we'll, it, as the drunk boys, we'll start lobbying for it. <laughs> this drunk boy lobby is it. Uh, really <laughs> that already powerful. sounds like a professional standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's, it's something like, uh, so what Switzerland did, it was um for hair i was for heroin so they have a substitute which doesn't get you high which is methadone i think it's called it's methadone yeah it, it, methadone. It, uh, we well that's it's it's funny you say that one of the main problems that we've had here in utah um mm-hmm. has been methadone abuse and methadone for those of you that don't know is used to wean heroin addicts off heroin and um homeless shelters and clinics will give it out sometimes most of the time for free mm-hmm. but what happens is it replicates a similar high it, it's basically like a nicotine patch essentially yeah. what it is and so one of the things that started happening and suboxone's another big thing suboxone um gets uh, crack addicts to sober up which it does the same thing as crack um, so one of the things that started happening is people couldn't get crack, they couldn't get heroin. So they started robbing people that had prescriptions for Suboxone. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that's what they're addicted to. So it's really a double-edged sword and you get into the semantics of, of hardcore drug use, which is heroin and, and crack cocaine. Um, because you know, the cocaine that's in Colombia is one thing, but the cocaine that comes up to the U S is totally different. Mm-hmm. Be less with that. an American uh, cocaine is now laced with fentanyl right um um <laughs> but it's um yeah no it, so with something like cocaine you can you could see your road to legalization and regulation a lot easier like when you start talking about the injectable stuff it's, it's obviously yeah. a, a, a different uh discussion altogether yeah but um it's i i, I don't think there's any like easy answers but I, I, I do see, from me, it's, I, being with the mindset, I, I'm not that interested or curious, like, you know, so someone who's, oh, they want it legalized because they want to have a party or whatever, I don't fucking care. Or when I hear about, like, an individual overdosing, yeah. oh, I don't really care. What I am interested in is, oh, is this going to have nationwide, is this going to have uh, issues is this going to have country toppling issues? And I, I think, yeah, I think look, <laughs> our, our, our issue is uh, if America doesn't deal with it properly, this is going to become a real, real serious problem from like so many different angles. I would argue with, that it already is a problem. Oh, I mean, no, but, uh, yeah, no, but it already is. But I mean, I mean, like, oh, this is this is becoming a country toppling issue. And so it's 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 already like I mean you have like an enormous issue with opiate abuse with with what um, the drug companies did pushing that onto people and and then yeah. people then couldn't get their painkillers so they started getting heroin instead. Yeah. I mean, there's there's all these sorts of problems, but um, it, it's something that needs to be dealt head on because our current way of going about it is just sort of yeah just sort of ignore it, just sort of ignore it, just give him a slap on the wrist. Don't condemn it. Don't condemn it. Don't condone it. Just for the most part, ignore it. Um, I, I, I genuinely think this is something that if we do not get a handle on, 
in a serious way that it's going to become a very, very serious problem. I agree. I could agree with you. So with all of that in mind, out of everything that you've done, out of everything that you wrote about, what was the worst experience you had? Oh, it was the edible, hands down. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. Not everything even close to anything was, else? Not, not even, everything else was, was quite pleasant or interesting. Or was any of it... Was any of it scary to you, though? I mean, cocaine could be kind of terrifying. Okay, at the start, so obviously, so I um, meet this American gear. So I ended up, for reasons, which I'll explain in the book, I end up not doing it in Colombia. I end up doing it in Panama instead. Okay. And I meet this amazing American girl, and she's blonde, and she's beautiful, and she has these pigtails, and I start talking to her, and I ask her, does she want to get some food? And she says yes, and I'm always like surprised when when that works. And we go out. Girls love food, man. Never knock that. <laughs> we go out and we're talking, and I tell her about the book, and she's you know she's you know she likes this idea. And as we're walking back, a bouncer at a nightclub just goes, "Cocaine." <laughs> Excuse <And> me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I buy this cocaine. I head back and have like this the most amazing one night stand. There you go. This American girl, but it's it's genuinely. You remember you've ever seen American Psycho? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm sitting there like looking at my reflection, you know, just going mm-hmm. for it, and looking at my reflection in the window, thinking, "Yes, I am God." I got you. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the start that 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 rise up, to getting there is fucking intense, and it's like, right, okay, I'm gonna hold on, spend all my concentration, just staying in the room here. Yeah. And yeah, but then once it's through and once I'm in, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is, uh, it, it's a very, very intense experience. And it's, 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 it, 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 I don't know, it, it's very difficult to describe now, but it, it is, you just, it, it just takes you up to 100. So all your self-consciousness is gone. All your self doubt is gone. You're just, I am the fucking man here right now. Yeah, that's what's up. She, she is so lucky to be here with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, it, it, it's a, a, a fantastic. It was a fantastic experience. I, I understand why people do this. Um, but I don't remember what the question was. But yeah, well, I had, I had, I, I had sex. That's, that's the important. That's, that's what matters at the end of the day, right? <laughs> With yeah. a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what did you? What I mean, I, I really highly encourage everybody to read this book that's listening to this. It's this. It, the synopsis is amazing. The author is amazing. What did you take away from this? What was what was the main thing you took away from this experience? Yeah, okay. Right. So as I as I mentioned. Okay, I, I, I really like my uh, my uh, outro, my uh, not even my acknowledgement, but my uh, conclusion, where I just sort of go into where, where my original thought was: okay, drugs are bad, but the war on drugs is worse, so we should legalize and regulate for that mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. But as I've done them, I'm like, these actually, like, these could be pretty good. These can be valuable and useful. I, no, I, I don't like that. There, there's too much emphasis. There's so many people who, if you ever, if you ever Google LSD, sometime you'll you'll yeah. you'd be very very quickly to find these stories about, you know, Steve Jobs or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, Steve Jobs. And I said it was one of the most important experiences of his life. And um, 
Francis X, one of the discoverers of uh, the ship of DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, also um, in TikTok and LSD, and he said it helped him. But um, And I think potentially, you know, under the right circumstances, the right person, the right mindset, these things can be helpful and useful. But the reality right. is the vast majority right. of... Uh, people who take any of these things are just sitting staring at their hands going are yeah, these even yeah. real you know it, it's yeah 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 you're, you're not steve jobs yeah um which is okay as well which is fun mind expanding experiences but um if you're if you're expecting some sort of enlightenment or you're probably not going to get that and you could probably yeah. get that without the drugs maybe you get there a little faster with the drugs potentially maybe or maybe the drugs are a distraction and they take you away. They can be fun. They can be useful, potentially. They're also potentially dangerous. They're also potentially addictive. It's it's messy, and there is no easy, simple answer. And and, and the conservative thing to say is just don't do it. But And that would have been my position. Your best thing is just not bothering. But yeah. now, after doing them, it's like, yeah maybe you should try them once at least you know uh, with something like mushrooms i i think everyone so i think you know maybe when you're 30 maybe you're a little older when you're no need when when you're a little bit more mentally yeah yeah and you're just sort of like looking at everything and you're wondering about what's it about or whatever you know i think these things can be useful i think these potentially could be useful but um for every steve joe i'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick so what? Now you're controlling it. Oh God, you're I can't do that. I'm the I'm the co-host. That's what I do. <laughs> no, ask away. Have confidence in yourself. <laughs> tell, tell me a story. I mean, the there's only one question I've been thinking about this whole time, and I don't know if it was answered or not. But what <laughs> is is, mar- is is marijuana legal in in Ireland? No. It, I no no not at no. all. Okay. Interestingly, okay. So there was a changeover in drug legislation. Is this was in 2016, I want to say. Um, so, so there was a, the drug legislation was basically changed and was becoming a little harsher in the Republic of Ireland. But they sort of fucked up because what they done was instead of immediately bringing in the new legislation but there was a 24-hour gap in between the, the the abandoning of the old legislation and the bringing in of the new legislation so for 24 hours all drugs were legal yeah <laughs> I, I it's making me think of the purge uh, 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 yeah basically, it was basically purge unfortunately <laughs> it was like a, it was like a Tuesday it happened on and I'd work and I couldn't take advantage of it but um, no, that will be to the day I die. Be one of my regrets that I didn't take advantage of that when I could have. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I guess the it, wow. This is what happens when Ryan leaves me. It's great. So Ryan, he asked what your the worst or what was it the worst uh, adventure worst. you had? Yeah. What was the best? that's different it's difficult to because it's everything was good in its own way and so it's very it's very 
difficult I feel like I can, to say. I can relate to that. Yeah, so it, it's it's the worst was just the worst in its own very clear worst way, but the the best. So um, the the mushrooms was just this very interesting, nice experience and i was connected you know with with archaeology and history and and being around some weirdos here like being around you know it was it was it was that the lsd was really really intense emotional therapy uh you know you know it it was a fucking amazing important experience for like a really really big experience for me it wasn't like some of it was enjoyable, some of it was funny, but for the most part, it was just, it was a lot. It was exhausting, but it was a, a genuinely fantastic experience. And I really don't think I've done it justice writing about it in the book, but it was it was a big one. So, um, so can, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, and then uh, the MDMA was, and the MDMA was just, oh, this is, I remember I took the MDMA and I was standing there and I just thought, all right. So I had this, massive big high and it was like you know it was fantastic fantastic and it was over the top and it was really awful awful and it came down a little bit and i was standing there very contently and i just thought oh right this must be what heaven feels like <laughs> so where were you when you did the mdma oh uh, abisa okay oh yeah okay so you you went you went big for all this kind of stuff man yeah so i oh i for for uh, san i went to for and for lsd i went to san francisco so out of all the places yeah. that you could have gone you went to say okay yeah san francisco home of the happy movements yeah um, i mean yeah that's yeah it's fair I, I lived in the bay area for about three years um so i dealt with a lot of that stuff <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a I have a friend. Uh, it's, it's so funny watching what's happening there next. I have a friend who's um uh living in a, was living in a four million dollar house in San Francisco. Love San Francisco. Talk nothing about San Francisco. Loved it so much. But then there's like homeless people fucking outside his. Uh, yep. Outside, welcome that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to San Francisco. <laughs> yep. So he had this. He, he sold up. He sold up just before him. Um, coronavirus came so i wrote to him that no but i i got some like advanced um notice about coronavirus mm-hmm. and so i wrote to him just let him know and he was like in the process of moving out oh well because of just like the homeless people shitting and fucking in his uh yep. outside his house that was the most surreal thing when i when i moved i didn't live in san francisco proper but you get off the train and you'd be sitting next to executives in armani business suits and a guy that smells like he hasn't showered in nine months. It was a very surreal experience, but San Francisco as a whole, that, that could be considered its own drug to be quite honest with you. I was going to say, so if you, if you ever have kids and they read this book, I mean, what is your advice to them with this kind of stuff with substances and, and abuse and, yeah, you know how how do you how do you no I just no I just bait them if I find it they do anything with a fucking with a fucking rod out um it's just so simple as going to a fucking monastery to fucking try any of that shit so I I think I know the answer to this question and huh? we're uh, we're about at the end here but do you have any regrets 
No, I, um, uh, no, I, they were fantastic, interesting experiences. I am again. There's there's the book. I love the cover. I love I, the artwork. I was going to say that cover. That cover is what caught me, caught your attention yeah. to me when I was looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I love how it feels in my hand. I am very very proud of it. It's excellent. Um, I can tell. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 it's, it's, um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm extremely proud of it. I'm so happy with it. I like getting to sit and talk about it. Um, I, it took me so long to write and, um, I really started to fucking hate it because it's like, it just could not get it finished. Yeah, it I stop. actually, I hired an editor, um, okay. towards the end and I've been stuck on that LX, the LSD was like a, a real big, difficult one for me and mm. I had, I've got it wiped off the board by now, but um, I two days before I had to turn the book in, I delete it. Oh wow! Uh, I six thousand words of the LSD chapter, and started to rewrite it. Just took out my notes again. Yeah, went down through everything, came at it a totally different angle, and it's like, oh, this is good now. I like this. I fucking hate it looking at it at that yeah. point. I, I, I was just stuck but then that extra pressure of having a deadline and stuff helped right. but no maybe, maybe if I had a regret it wasn't it wasn't maybe getting an editor earlier maybe it would have been nicer to get it uh, done a little quicker but you know it, it took as long as it took yeah um coronavirus a massive help <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna yeah you quarantine and the stay-at-home orders and all that nonsense you're able to really yeah yeah down. No, it, it, it's it's uh took away all my other my my um I had I had 2020 was going to be a big year of traveling for me. I see. And then uh and then Whatever it wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then I had this money sitting here. I thought, all right, fuck, I could just pay for an editor. There you go. I paid for an editor and, and got it done. But um I'm actually going every time I'm going, I'm recording the audiobook at the moment. And um I'm finding I'm finding fucking typos and stuff throughout it. So I'm like, we didn't get the right editor. But <laughs> <laughs> So what's your what's your second book if you don't mind me asking the title of we'll it? We'll talk about that. Well, the second book is called All I Care About. So right, so the first book was drugs, right? So I thought, well, I could do uh uh three books, so drugs, sex, and violence. Oh. Um then I thought, um now do you know what there's a there's a song by Dizzy Rascal, which you know what it's called. Um and there's a there's a line in the song which is all I care about is sex and violence. Um, Me too. And it's, yeah. So the this, this, this song's basically about just being uh, bored. And, oh. you know, I wake up every day as a daydream. Everything in my life ain't what it seems. I wake up just to go back to sleep. Mm. Um, you know, and so it, it's, and it's just, I'm bonkers. The song's yeah. called Bonkers. Listen to it, it's fantastic. But um, so I thought, okay, right. All I care about is sex and violence. That's a fantastic um that's uh, this is a fantastic title so i'm going to take that there and yeah. so trying to work out what it's about and it's about so, so the things that i'm uh it's largely going to be about is about masculinity it's largely going to be about so i'm training for uh, an mma fight mm. so i'm going to do an mma fight I'm too old for it too fat for it i shouldn't be doing <laughs> it but i'm going to do it um so training for that there talking about evolutionary psychology talking about uh, traction, talking about, so we have like currently, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a, um, 
the world is currently testosterone is declining really yeah like and nobody knows why so it's mm. like like taking it so like urgent my generation is as uh, so a, a lower average testosterone than my father's generation and the huh. generation after me has lower gen- testosterone than my generation and nobody knows why that's happening it's because of tiktok it's... i blame tiktok but no i I, th- I think tiktok is not a cause it's a symptom of it and <laughs> that's that's it's, more accurate yeah and it's plus this is actually a really serious it's a it's a really serious issue because it, right it's, i um, agree yeah and and so we have like the obesity epidemic mm-hmm. we have um just all this like so the rise of the incel um there is so many of these issues i'm i'm, I'm a disastrous so everything is all right society's about to collapse i guess is my constant think my constant thought right and so even with the drug book it's like well that's gonna that's gonna help advance the collapse of society we better do something about that try to keep this here and it's it's my it's not even my belief it's just sort of the reality society sits atop the shoulders of hard men it always has and when you don't have hard men it just crumbles so it's it's um why is that happen so it's it's uh you may have heard the term uh strong men sorry hard, hard times makes strong men strong right. men make good times good times right. make weak men weak men make bad times or make yep. hard times Absolutely. and so i think we're in that we're in that cycle and we're in that weak man period and so it's it's talking about that and talking about well how how do we address that or can we even you broke i that? think you broke my co-host with that saying sean it's basically guys that wear skinny jeans are not strong men <laughs> <laughs> i i need to hear that statement one more time it I, is I, it is uh, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. So it's just it's, it's talking oh, okay. about it's, 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 yeah, it's it's the cycle of empire. So yeah. it's, it is it's just this constant thing, this collapse and rise of empires right. throughout time. So you'll find is like that the Roman Empire, the fall of Rome. Rome was wholly dependent on the, the the savages on the out on the outskirts taking them in to run the armies mm-hmm. and so these are people who didn't care about rome were just there for a wage were not invested didn't care if it collapsed or not as long as they're getting their pay and, and they were sort of like just paying off the warlords on the side just to keep everything in control and it got soft right. and collapse and right. you know you know it's sort of collapses in the way you know they're split into two right well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a conversation around the fact that men of our generation, specifically my generation, are, are much weaker and they're not willing to... I think, are they really men? Well, damn, I didn't need to go, you didn't go that far. But I mean, it's, it's the truth. It's, it really is the truth because there are very few people that I know of in my generation that can build things with their hands or mm-hmm. um, are carpenters or builders or, you know, thinkers. And it's, it's changed drastically and one of the things that i think society's overlooked is that as you said it's built on those types of people and society needs those types of people and when that supply dwindles society starts to falter and mm-hmm. i you know and i think that um 
you know, we'll have much like the quote that you quoted earlier, we'll have that cycle, but I think the cycle will be a lot smaller because until we get people that can build things that can think that can do all sorts of stuff that men of the twenties and thirties and forties and fifties and sixties and seventies could do, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, it's sort of like it's it's there's this idea that America peaked and I, I subscribed to it. America probably peaked in the late 60s. So it's like the moon landing. Was I could like, agree with you uh, there. That was humanity's greatest achievement. And everything after that's been, has just been declining, sort of just right. being softer and fatter. Right. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, um, no, but so, so it's, it's what I'm like, it's, it's, it's this idea that I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in now and just sort of um where that's going so it's a it's a contentious topic but yeah. it's it's something that i am very interested in but it's um so what i'm going to do is start a, an 18 month and i'm currently in it uh mma training session wow so that's that's pretty awesome. intense shit man i've been there that's pretty yes. intense it i've done a bit of jiu-jitsu done some kickboxing but okay. <laughs> well i mean like sporadically throughout the years and you know i can just about throw a punch <laughs> so it's uh i've, I've no right you, if you, do you follow any ufc yeah so i've actually been following do you know who ryan garcia is oh yeah yeah, yeah sure oh yeah yeah i've been following him pretty i didn't realize my, my man's, uh, uh, what is he? A, 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 a super featherweight. He's like 125 pounds, but he throws punches that knock 150, 60, 70 pound guys out. I mean, the guy's crazy. It's no, it's not, not the vision is, um, this is a lot of the smaller guys. Like yeah, I, those yeah. divisions have got so much better as of late. So there's like um, just, it become really, really interesting to watch. There, there was an issue like, it, it used to be like sort of like Mighty Mouse was just there and he was wholly dominant and he was just so dominant that it made it totally uninteresting to watch. And then Cejudo <laughs> comes in. You knew he was going to win. It was kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but why watch it? And then Cejudo comes in and he's a bit more interesting. Yeah. And he's, and he's fantastic. And he's, again, to <clears throat> taking it, man, the, the weight divisions above. Potentially oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I used to... I grew up watching Anderson Silva before he completely accordioned his, his leg around that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, that, that's the thing that you realize is you, when you get an MMA, you get into training, you get into weightlifting, you get into boxing, you start realizing the human body can take a lot, but mm -hmm. it can also give out very quickly. Yeah. No, this is a, a big thing. If, if you want any evidence that you weren't meant to live past 35, if your knees, like it's once you pass 30 it's like you, you no longer have a left and right and it's it, yeah I, you no longer as what the saying is and i got it immediately because it's you don't have a left and right knee anymore and what it is, is you have a good knee and a bad knee <laughs> and i uh, know i lift lifting weights my right knee blew out on me and i like started seeing stars it was the most oh. horrendous pain what, I'd what, ever, was ever what, what, what got you into mma i mean mma is that's that's like you have boxing you have uh you know golfing so what what got what got you into mma i mean that's that's pretty awesome but it's intense i mean that's intense that some of those camps are very intense yeah i was actually in tiger, tiger muay thai in oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so a lot of ufc fighters and stuff that was before i was actually really into ufc 
I see. Um, where um, we're actually out there training. But what got me into MMA was, well, you can imagine, but you can guess what yeah. got me into MMA. It's yeah. Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um. So I could, yeah, I could just don't do the arm thing. That thing always that that just always pissed me off, man. Don't do that. Don't do the arm thing. What's the arm thing? He's walking around like this. I was walking. Oh, like, seen oh, him? Right, right. Every oh, no, video, I know, man. I, know, every... I, know, I never, I never heard it described as the arm thing. Oh, it's but, um, dude. synonymous. Know, he's, he's, I know, it's, uh, it's, I know, that's that's what got me into it. And it's, it's, no, it's just a fantastic sport. I, hundred percent agree. It's very organic and it's, it's, it's very, very skill based. There's no mm-hmm. handicaps. There's no bullshit. It's just who can throw the hardest punch the quickest. Yeah. Take you I agree. It's 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 um uh no it's it's oh, I could sit and talk away about us sitting watching. <laughs> I've, I've been, I'm in an MMA Discord there, and it's 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 it's, it's talking about what the book what, what sex and violence starting about is that again as I mentioned, I'm a fucking autist. Like so, I was like the 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 like collecting pokemon cards way too fucking old yeah, <laughs> i was yeah, i was that yeah, there talking about yeah yeah so um and there's like um a, a real effort to like like sports and to uh, lift weights and to do these sorts of things that i needed to do and well, once that... i like forced myself into these positions doing these it's like oh my, my mental health starts getting better things get clear I, that's you know i'm yeah. I was about to mention that. So did you, were you doing that stuff based on your own fruition or was it because you wanted, you, you, it, you saw other people doing it because one of the things that I talk about quite openly um, with some people, I guess it's not, it's not super open, but um, I go to the gym quite a bit. I lift weights. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I find solace in is that it's, it improves the mental health. I have, mm-hmm. um, I have days where I really just need to not focus on what's going on in my life, but just focus on weightlifting, going to the gym and bettering my, my, my health. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been a huge, a huge asset in my life because I've been through some dark stuff and the, the gym has really helped me not necessarily overcome it, but learn how to deal with it better. Yeah. Yes. It's not, uh, it, it's, it's not the exact same thing. I would find myself whenever it's like getting like, things be getting cloudy. Yeah. Um, I'll stick on. Um, so there's a, a book, uh, Victor Frankl. He was mm-hmm. a Holocaust survivor. And he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And I will stick that on over a speaker and go do deadlifts and just sit and listen to that there. And by the end of that session, and I can't move my arms and my legs are busting and everything hurts. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm okay now. You're too, you're too tired to think about your mental health. That's, that's kind of the way I've, I've justified it is I'm too beat up and I'm too sore and tired to care about how my, my brain feels right now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's taking yourself out of the, because what seems for me anyway, it's these loops that you get yourself into and what a deadlift does is it takes you out of that because you're only, because I was, uh, I think my, um, I think I don't know, my, I don't know, over twice. I was, I was 100 kgs at the time and I'd done a 120 kg deadlift. Wow. And yeah, yeah so you, you, you're not thinking about much else. You're just thinking about pulling the weight. Pull <laughs> yeah, matters. Pull, pull a goddamn weight. Yeah. Do that, Ryan. What's 120 kgs in pounds, Sean, before you start talking shit? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I feel like I need to look this up really quick. 
Let, let, let's see. He's over here. He's starting. Start, oh, God. I, 264 pounds. <laughs> yeah, see, my my max was 220, and that, that blacked me out. Black J. It's not more than that. 120 kgs, 250. No, no, 200, 220. 100 and, yeah, 160, 120 kilograms is 264 US pounds. <laughs> Two, 200. All right. That's, that's more than that. Yeah, you have to look that no, up. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, or maybe it's US kilograms. It's, it's different. I have a 220, 220 kilograms is two, two, 485. Pounds oh, you said 220. Yeah. Fuck that, yeah. dude. For not, I die. <laughs> Double what Ryan can lift. That's actually that's actually pretty close to. I had a guy I was helping with maxes a couple of days ago, and there was a guy in my gym that barely just pulled five hundred, and that that passed him out pretty fast. No, it was it was my it was my biggest lift. That was your that was your that was. Your... Oh no, I was, I was my peak guy. I was pretty fat though as well, to be fair. Um, it was no, it was, it was over. I was a hundred. I say it was about a hundred and I say a hundred kgs, but it's probably about a hundred and five kgs. Right and one big lift and i just done it and i was just, just went and did it that's that's what absolute, it comes down to man you just and when i when i was doing that 215 i went to a dark place i went to a really dark <laughs> place and i pulled that but i you know it's but it's it's really as shitty as you feel after you're done with it you'll you still feel amazing i mean you still were like i pulled that i did it i got it done mm -hmm. and you're impressed with yourself and a lot of people won't care they, they're not, you know, they're not into that kind of thing, but you know yourself, you can go home proud that day if you can walk after that. It's, I don't know, it's, you always catch, when I'm, you know, because my, my uh, normal re for reps, for benching, so that's, I do, a, well, it's two plates, so uh, it's 100 two, kgs. Yeah, about, two, yeah, it's 200 something, I don't know what it is. Two, yeah, two, but I'll be my, I'll do, I do more than that, but I'll go in. I would just start doing bench my reps with that there. And when you stick on two plates, people always, you know, you people look over to you and oh, girls yeah. look over. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's nice. This is what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's not, not many people that understand that feeling, but I certainly, I can certainly attest to it, man. There is, uh, do you ever watch, um, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Bro Science? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's hilarious, but it, it's it's funny. It's, 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 it's Americans doing all these comedy sketches in the gym. And I've never seen it before, but I've been going to the gym for a while, and it's just like, oh yeah, every, like all these I relate, yeah. and all these things, everything I relate. He's a, uh, it was it's it's uh, when you do squats. So he's going in and he's setting up the squat rack, and he's like, wait, is it is it the equinox? Kid doing squats in the equinox? What <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a good time and i i highly the the people that can stand it i highly recommend people to to go to the gym not because um they're gonna lift heavy but because i think it's just a really good mental cleanser i oh, i personally no, stand behind massively it. oh no I, I mean like it's been an absolute disastrous fucking whole covid shit i just i, I weep oh yeah i didn't even think about that see the u.s doesn't give a shit about people so they're like some gyms are like oh we're just gonna stay open so if you die well no. finish out your membership <laughs> no we had everything fucking closed yeah um, i didn't, didn't even think about we had that the, we, you know, they wouldn't let us go to the fucking parks they wouldn't this is no we're, we're, we're at the, we're at the branches yeah <laughs> grabbing some tree branches <laughs> they, they were closing the fucking beaches it's like 
Oh well, yeah, I heard that. Well, well I know if the Republic has the, the Republic of Ireland has the most uh, has the harshest lockdown in the developed world. Wow. That's, yeah, and then uh, we're not much better here in the north. Has it gotten? But, has it gotten better since? I mean, the vaccines have been coming yeah, out. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, the Republic's having a real bad oh. time getting vaccinated. Uh, the North, we've started like vaccinating. We're, we're, I think we're, we've got most people vaccinated. Now, not well, we've got like all the elderly vaccinated, and uh, we're working our way through it. But no, we'll, we'll, we'll see um, what happens. I'm, my, my assumption is come winter, we'll be in fucking lockdown again. So, yeah, I, well, there's, there's a new, my, my, my mom calls me the other day and she's been glued ever since covid became a thing she's been glued to the tv which is already dangerous enough but then you yeah. mix my mom into that it's just a fucking disaster um she's gonna listen to this and talk so much shit um <laughs> one of one of the things that she's been freaking out about is there's that african variant that recently came up um and ended up surprisingly i don't know how these fucking variants end up in the u.s so fast but there's already a case in in san francisco that the vaccine doesn't affect um so there's three or four people in in san francisco as of a couple weeks ago that have been vaccinated but then got that south africa the, the the african variant and it's i i just the bottom line is i can't see this going away i think this whole everything's going back to normal conversation that yeah congress and the government's been having around the world not just in the u.s is bullshit i I don't think it's going anywhere because everyone everybody regardless of the country did a very poor job of this to begin with i think it's no i i I don't know it's the issue is like our hospitals were are are pretty have been empty since the lockdown basically started right um but your problem is this and, and people don't say oh the hospitals are empty so it's fine but what happens is oh you have 74 cases um this week well then you have in 10 days time you have uh 160 cases yeah and then 10 days after that you have 500 cases and your hospital already can't take that your hospital yeah. can't deal with 500 because <laughs> the way the whole big wire hospitals can't anyway yeah but it's it's I, it, it's it's such a messy, difficult thing to deal with, and nobody has any good solutions for it. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I will the first. Yeah, you have the <laughs> fucking argument of herd mentality. I mean, herd immunity, herd immunity mentality. Yeah, herd immunity, and I mean, there. It's a school of thought for sure. I'm not going to discount it, but I just think it's a stupid school of thought because I mean, there's got to be solution. I mean, influenza started what in the 1800s, 1700s, and it's I mean, it's been around for years because oh, of- influenza has been influenza has been around forever. It's been around before yeah. us. Um, by I think the Spanish flu. Oh well, yeah, influenza. it's yeah, you're you're yeah. correct. The very end of the Spanish flu, and then it turned into this nonsensical. I mean, I get a flu shot every year. Does it do anything? I don't know. What what it'll do is again, it's 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 herd immunity. So well, basically, all of your herd immunity means is if if it's effective on you, you've become uh. So if there's like, you know, there's one person here, one person 
right and one person in the middle and, and that person in the middle is vaccinated well it's it stops yeah that from going through you know it breaks down you know your your and but as long as the vaccination is you know in some way effective uh, i don't know how effective these particular vaccinations are going to be it's i don't know i'm getting vaccinated in a couple of weeks time i think still true yeah um, i'm on i got my second one next week and then um they're talking about thirds now um thirds I, I, no i'm okay that's fine <laughs> i'll stick with two men i already don't like fucking needles no i don't i don't care for it either it's i don't know it's ultimately what the issue is is when it arrived in italy um and they weren't ready for it they found themselves <clears throat> very quickly in a position where they had to decide who got a ventilator and who didn't oh right i remember yeah i remember that whole debate because even the u.s was having problems with that i mean the, the uh uh what was it the protective what was it the, the pnp gear the protective personal protection gear whatever yeah. pp ppa pp gear yeah that the um manufacturers weren't giving enough of and the doctors weren't getting enough masks and gowns and all sorts of stuff and it just really showed how many holes there are mm-hmm in the system. And I think on kind of a twisted spectrum, this was kind of a blessing in disguise, mainly because a lot of pathologists were like, this isn't the first, and this isn't going to be the last time that a pandemic of this magnitude happens. And the second one or the third or fourth or fifth one could be much worse, but at least we have more measures in place than we did before. Because when you think back to pre COVID, People are fucking gross, man. Like, there's a lot of stuff we put up yeah. with that we didn't realize. <laughs> it's, it's, we put up a sneeze guard. This the shop put up a sneeze yeah. guard, and it's like, oh, this is. I mean, so the sneeze guard went up before anybody was wearing masks, and she was just uh, the girl who works at the shop was just going. It's just covered in spit. Oh yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. It's covered in spit, and that was yeah, getting on no, her face. Yeah. All right. So you don't you don't fully appreciate you don't fully appreciate just all these things and how much you're cleaning your hands and how yeah. much you're touching your face. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and all these things, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how yeah. it's good. I I I'm, I I mean, like definitely today the lockdown. I've been like, no, no, survival of the fittest at this stage. Just let it go. I don't <laughs> Fuck care you. Anymore. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Granny. Um, <laughs> but no, it's. It's um oh, it's my my granny's actually like super flippant about the whole thing. She doesn't really? like care at all. Oh, it's so funny listening to her. She's like at the start because everybody be like sitting sitting outside and she'd be in the house and you know nobody's going in and she'd be like, oh, "What the fuck are you doing it? What the fuck are you sitting out there for?" <laughs> and she goes, "Uh, but and a few weeks passed and my aunt pulls up at her house and um my granny just goes, she goes." Brianna <laughs> stuck on the fire and coronation and, and one of the soaps was on and she goes well tell her she can just sit out in the fucking car then. <laughs> <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't coming over to her oh, but um, no she's been lucky enough but um, no I see but um, oh, yeah well COVID. I mean yeah COVID that's we can have a whole nother episode about COVID because goddamn, Lord knows it <laughs> Well, um, 
I mean, geez, you, this, this is, you're, you're an awesome person to talk to and you're even a better author. I hope you know that I, I've been reading. Well, some oh, right, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully I need, I need right. to move some fucking units. units. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get some money out of this piece. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I really just do want to thank you for, for taking the time. Cause I know no, it's, well, thank you I, for it's lady shit in your country and I get it. Yeah, um, it's but so as, as your red carpet moment here, how can people find you, taste you, touch you, lick you? How can they? How can they do that? No, 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 none of that. <laughs> no, COVID, me. fucking no COVID. No, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on Twitter, but I want to get off. But I, I'm only on Twitter because I have to sell this book. And if I if I, if I if I sell a million copies of this book, I will delete my Twitter immediately. <laughs> but um, but if you look up Adventures on Drugs on Amazon, don't right. get the fucking hard copy. Whatever, it's too expensive. It's it's lined in. Where's the fucking copy? I keep getting every time I get it like lined up. You can see there that it's like oh, it's really, there. really far to the. What? Yeah, no, it's it's and, and it's because they're coming from, but they are. It looks so nice inside, but um, <laughs> it's no, it's the hard copy. Don't get the hard copy. Get yourself an e copy because okay. I get more. I get more commission that way. But uh, or um, <laughs> or just get uh, a paper paper copy is actually very nice to hold. Um, but I should just go on to Amazon. Okay. Um, support Jeff Bezos. He needs it. Yeah. Lord um, knows. God. God knows. We don't need him to go broke. Help nah. Jeff Bezos out because he doesn't have it's enough. Not, money. not for me. Not to read. <laughs> don't even read the book. Just just like a wee Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> I. For those of you listening, I highly, 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 highly recommend you guys check this book out because um, just the brief stories that he's told us and the stuff that's in this book. Um, I mean, I'm not an avid reader, but I'm definitely going to check this book out. I don't know about you, Sean. Do you, can you read? Do you know how to read? <laughs> I hope so. Okay. So um, I seriously are highly recommend. Are you smarter recommend- than a fifth grader? <laughs> no, some of those fucking questions are hard, dude. I can't. Some of those questions are hard. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's been seriously super fun having you. I'd love to do more episodes with you and talk some more shit about MMA. I know Sean will get bored out of his mind, but, uh, <laughs> I, I love MMA. I think it's super interesting. Um, Conor McGregor is pretty fun to watch. Conor McGregor's yeah. retired and then came back and retired again. They came back and I don't know what he's on now. <laughs> no, he's, he's fighting, he's just fighting Poirier. And oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. July. Some <laughs> fucking rematch this century. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, he's the best shit talker in the fucking. Story. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, he'll he's talk. Dead. He'll talk shit till the day he's dead. <laughs> but again, um, seriously, man, thank you so much for taking the time out promoting your book. Um, and I'm looking forward to the second one whenever that comes. Oh, out. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know, good. editing and writing and all that shit takes forever. But whenever it comes out, man, let us know because I'd love to check got, that out. I've got the the first, the first rendition, it, the first ten lanes of it written down here. There you uh, go. And, and, and the jotter in front of me. So it's 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 all still in the planning process at the moment, but it's it's it exists in my head somewhere at the moment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, we won't take any more of your night because I know that you know Irishmen eventually have to sleep, right? Eventually. <laughs> but if, no, that's that's grand gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. It's been a hey, it's pleasure. Um you can find me on Twitter at that gay buck or something like buck mulligan you'll see a picture he uses obviously he uses his twitter a lot you can tell yeah i know i do i'm wholly addicted to the fucking thing it's disgusting <laughs> i hate it i fucking hate it so much oh i'm, I'm um, right there man i'm right there with you yeah 
I've deleted. I know I've de- I've deleted all other social media, but I have Twitter. And I've, I've been highly it. considering doing that too. Social media is a fucking time suck, oh, man. Oh, it just for for what? So I know yeah, what my like aunt's nothing, doing yeah. today. It's, yeah, yeah I, great. I get to see what someone did today. Fucking great. <laughs> all right, Sean. All right. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for joining us on it. Come on, man. How many I, times I, I have like we done this? Shit together, I haven't had Sean. enough alcohol tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even he's talking shit, man. Get your get it together. All right, round two. Here we go. Thanks everyone for joining us on another episode of Drunk Boys Basement. Interested in finding where else you can catch us? Follow us on Facebook. Find something you want the Drunk Boys to research and talk about next time. Let us know. And if you like hanging out, share our Facebook page. Catch y'all next Friday. And remember, please listen responsibly. Make sure to check out his book. Otherwise, I'll be sad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good night, gentlemen.